Hi, hey, all you boys and girls out there in podcast land. A few quick shout outs before we get started. First, as you know, Muse Storytelling is one of our sponsors, and every now and again, you run across something so incredible it changes the way you operate. I've had a chance to be one of the first to experience the Muse Story Builder. It's a tool that enables you to build much stronger and connected stories in far less time, no matter what kind of stories you want to tell. It also has the ability to help ensure that your entire team is on the same page, with the same shared vision from story creation to production and even through the editing process. Go to buildstory.org so that you can experience this new software with a free 14-day trial. You'll never go back to the way you are currently developing stories. I also got to give props to the wise people down under in New Zealand working on Webster. Webster allows you to collaborate with clients and colleagues on your videos no matter where they're located. They have Vimeo integration, and you Adobe Premiere Pro users can share videos directly from within Premiere. Use the offer code Radio Film School, and instead of $15 per month for your first seat, you'll only pay $13 per month. We thank Muse and Webster for their support. Now, on with the show. Oh, wait. As usual, there's a bonus segment after the credits. It's a deleted scene from my call with JD. It'll give more insight into the making of the film. Okay, now, let's get her done. Take ten, Action. I can't imagine what it was like for my mom being single and having um, a black daughter just because people, people will look at you very harshly. That's a clip from a personal project I've had in the works for just over five years now. It's the first episode of a short film documentary series about biracial people in America. The series is called Mixed in America, and this episode is entitled Little Mixed Sunshine. It's the story of my daughter Imani, who for the first seven years of her life was raised by a single mom, a single white mom. And in case you haven't figured it out yet, Imani is black. Well, technically, she's half black because her mother is like, you know, white. Anyway, there are a number of reasons it's taken so long to get this project done. And we'll address some of those in a future episode. But I've been committed to completing this film this year, and I made a decision to share the film's progress on the show. Last August, I finally shot what I thought would be the final scenes needed to complete the film. But as of this podcast recording in May 2016, it's still not done. Why? Well, that's what we're going to explore today in a discussion that has had perhaps the most profound impact on the current state of this project. My name is Ron Dawson, and this is Radio Film School, A Filmmaker's Journey. And this is our next installment of Shooting Sunshine, the trials and tribulations of a short film documentary that's been five years in the not making. The turning point in the making of this film was when I had a conversation with show regular J.D. Cochran, one of my closest friends for over 20 years. He was a groomsman in my wedding. And as a USC film school alum with experience both in front and behind the camera as an actor and an indie film director, he has a rich experience from which to draw and provide sage advice. Remember a few months back we had the Bridging the Gap episode where we kind of talked about the the gap between your talent and your taste in video and creative arts? 
Well, after listening to that episode, J.D. gave me a call and said that he wanted to talk. I was listening to your uh, The Gap uh, episode, yeah. episode, and the, the one thing that struck me about it, like I, I thought the information that the guys gave you, mm-hmm. and, I, and there might have been a, a gal or two in there as well, I thought it was uh, really good inform- uh, really good uh, advice. But after I, I uh, got through listening to the podcast, uh, something that stuck with me is I, I almost felt like it, if I didn't know any better, to me it sounded like you were a filmmaker that didn't know what you were trying to talk about. Just so you're properly oriented, let's hear a short montage of clips from that episode. In this segment of that show, I'm speaking with Emmy Award-winning filmmaker and another friend of the show, Patrick Moreau of Still Motion. There's one particular shot that I want to do. There's a part of me that doesn't even want to say it, because if I say it and I put it on air, that means if it's not in the film, people are going to know that I didn't do it. So it's the shot where the, the girl playing my daughter at the time is looking at a giant television screen of Chris Rock's documentary. So it's meant to be sort of like this dreamlike representation of her watching this movie and having it be this huge thing in her life just having trouble finding the location and finding the time and is it worth even trying to get it because sometimes we get so focused on the problem that we lose sight of the goal right so it's oh, like, like you're, you're trying to create this really large screen um and you're having you know the production challenges of how do i actually do this but it feels like the goal is to come up with a physical representation of how much this moment affected her life and it's, it's hard to put yourself out there i mean when you do have these things that you care about and it is hard to, especially, you know, as the host of a podcast that, you know, you're going to have a lot of people hear it. That, Like right. you said, you're, you're putting it on record and, you know, nobody wants to be seen as like a failure or they gave up or whatever else. And so I think so many times we I think we hold ourselves back in so much of what we do mm-hmm. because we're so worried about failing that we just don't want to tell anybody that we we had that idea or we were thinking about it. That comment and advice from Patrick perfectly sets up what you're about to hear in the rest of my conversation with JD. So let's return to my Skype call with him. Oh, and I apologize for the commotion you may hear in the background. I'm recording from my son's school cafeteria. And don't bother asking me why I'm there. It would take too long to explain. Anyway, here's JD again. You know, you've been talking about Mission America for a while now, you know, for years. And I... uh... I just want to make sure I have it clear, but it seems to me like you're doing – it's an episodic thing where it, you're going to have a number of people that you kind – of, it's kind of like a documentary mixed with uh, fic, uh, fictional pieces that kind of help – or not fictional, but uh, uh, scripted illustrations that kind of go along with what you're interviewing the people about. Is- yeah, yeah, exactly. So the the way it's structured is um, I do an audio-only interview with the subject – Right. And then do create visuals to go with the audio. So I'll edit the audio gotcha. down to, you know, anywhere between eight and ten minutes. And then I will um, shoot fine or whatever footage to kind of fill that gap. So for the for this first episode with Imani, um, there's footage. You know, I found the little girl, you know, who rep, who's playing her at that age, right? Um, so I did some B-roll shots of that. And then I'm going to take actual footage that I have over the years that I've, you know, all my actual home movies of her or, you know, she, you know, being the son of a filmmaker, she's, you know, you know, whether she's wanted to or not has been the star of a number of 
different video projects of <laughs> over the years. So um, yeah. taking footage from there. Like Joe Jackson, we got Ron Dawson. <laughs> right. You better hit that spin, Imani. Hit the mark. That's right. Better hit that mark. Hit that spin, Michael. Uh, I don't care. You think the Osmonds want a day off? Right. The Osmonds don't get no days off. <laughs> they don't got Christmas. Is that a – oh, yeah, Joe Jackson. Now I get it. Yeah. Michael Jackson's dad. Yeah. Uh, it was from the Jackson special. Face <laughs> him around the house. You think the Osmonds want a day off? You better get the hell over here, Michael. I don't care about that. Uh, so anyway, combining the the B roll that I shoot, the narrative B roll that I shoot, with the uh, the actual footage that I have, I felt like you know, and, and again, I might be putting a lot onto it. And these guys were giving, and, and the filmmakers you spoke with were giving a lot of good advice. And I remember you were talking about there's this one shot, and I just can't get this shot, and I don't know how I'm gonna do it. And I'm it, and it felt like that was holding you up. And I felt like Ron, you could take your three best shots. And I'm not saying you do this, but take your three best shots and throw them out. I'm just saying, if you can't get those shots, what is the story that you're really trying to tell is is more what I would be interested in ultimately. I mean, you've got so many people that I know you're going to want to interview and do this show with that if that's what's holding you up, the shot, then that seems like a lot. And I know it wasn't just a single shot, but I'm like, brother, you could throw out 10 shots that are the, you think are the money shots because I think you'll have a richness in what you're trying to do with this show that – it's like just get it and you'll eventually catch it on one of your shows but you know get the ball rolling with whatever you have to do because it just seems to me that a show like this it's kind of like a blessing and a curse where you know you've got uh, this rich material you can uh you know get into but you got to hit it right you know you've got also the curse side of it is like you got to really make sure you're talking about race and and all the issues that come along with it well and and not get so preoccupied necessarily with shots well, it seemed like you're honing in on technical aspects as opposed to like really just getting at the root of the story and what you're trying to get out with the show. And I almost feel like technically you could almost throw all that stuff out and just get, get what you get. Cause I know with all the films I've seen you do, I was like, man, you, I, I mean, that would be the least of my, if I was your producer, if I was throwing money and funding, I'd be like, where's my stuff at? I need it done. I don't care about a shot. I need this, you know, I need it done. Cause I know you'll get it once you start working, you know, like working it. And, and, the, and I believe in the clip you showed me that stuff was good. Um, with, with the little girl that's playing in mine and she, you know, but I, I felt like, uh, about what really engages me or, or, or interests me in your project is actually getting, uh, I, I really want to see, uh, you know, a season one, a season two and all these different, you know, all these different stories that come together. And I, and I hope that you're not letting the technical aspects of it hold you back because you can't get the Luma crane shot that you're looking for, or, you know, the, you know, I need a, no, I need a drone for this shot. It won't work unless I get the drone at the park with the, I need the city permits and all that stuff. You can throw out the window. Uh, And it just let me scratch my head. Like, well, why, you know? And and then like the, the great advice that the, every, all the filmmakers told you is awesome. And I think you always got to take all, all the, all the little tidbits they told you were great. Not even tidbits. It was good advice. But at the end of the day, I'm like, man, I want to see this. You know, you've been talking about this mix in America, and I'm not getting any stories. I'm not getting any of these, you know, and it's like I don't care if, you know, I, I would say this. Getting your, getting your interview down and just listening to the interview would be engaging enough. But I know that you as the filmmaker that you are, you're going to freak it and make it visually engaging in the way, in the, the way that Ron Dawson can. Like, what, what's your catchphrase at the end of every... Uh, if the story uh, sucks, I don't care what you shot it with. Or exactly. Yeah. And that's, that slammed me in the head when I'm like, the, the gap was a great 
discussion about the gap. And it's something that filmmakers and storytellers should be aware of. But at the end of the day, I was left more struck with your la your lasting line where like, if the story sucks, I don't care what you shot it on. And I'm like, well, where's my story? Speaking of story, that comment from JD is a perfect lob for a brief break to talk about Muse storytelling by still motion. Every week on the show, we talk about stories and their importance. And Muse is all about helping filmmakers tell great stories. As filmmakers, we know how important connections can be. We want to connect all the right elements, connect characters to one another, places with purpose, and our audience to the story. We want to make them feel something through these connections. One misconnection and the whole story can fall apart. I mentioned the Muse story builder at the beginning of the show. Forming connections and the right connections is exactly what this breakthrough software helps us do as storytellers and as filmmakers. Currently, you can try the story builder out for free. Just head on over to buildstory.org and start your 14-day trial. No credit card is required. Another way to stay connected in the filmmaking process and keep everyone on the same page is collaborating on the post-production. But how do you do that if your team, whether it's a client or a colleague, is hundreds of maybe even thousands of miles away? Well, perhaps the best way to do that is Whipster. Upload your videos to Whipster and your whole team, no matter where they're located, can make frame-accurate comments and annotations. And now they have an Adobe Premiere panel where you can share a video straight from within Premiere then download comments and frame-accurate marks back into Premiere. Webster even allows you to share private links with your clients. I've been using it for a few years with my clients and I love it. The service is only $15 per team member per month, but you can share projects with an unlimited number of people, all of whom can make comments. You don't have to be a team member in order to make comments. So send links to your clients, your friends, your family, anyone you want to provide input on the video. And if you use the offer code RADIOFILMSCHOOL, all lowercase, all one word, you can get your first seat for only $13 per month. Just go to Webster.io to learn more. We thank both Muse Storytelling and Webster for their support. I remember in middle school, I was in art class, and the girl across from me, all of a sudden she stopped her work, she leaned across the table, and she looked at me and she said, Don't be offended, but you don't really talk black. And I'm like, I don't really know how to respond to that. I mean, what does that mean? It's not so bad Being on Greetings, Mr. Ron Dawson. My name is Patrick. But anyway, so I checked out your uh, Vimeo channel because I clicked on it something, and I saw uh, one of those one-minute teasers uh, for your <clears throat> for uh, Mixed in America, and I want to see it. I want to see it. And I'm speaking about shots and gap and all that stuff, the 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 one with the slow motion talking where the narrator, she was like, "What the fuck do you mean by the fucking don't sound." black thing and then the shot of 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 uh your daughter that the the 
beautiful innocence just in her eyes. There's your shot, man. That's it. You have one. You have it. But if I don't fit here, I'll go find it over there. Go. Go make the movie. I want to see it. That you have all the shots. You have that one. That's it. It's good. Let's just go, go make. Well, I want to see it. Okay, thanks. It doesn't matter all too much. It's only once in a while that the subject is even brought up. That was another clip from Little Mix Sunshine, and what followed was a rather poignant and perfectly timed voicemail from fan of the show Patrick Healy of Amherst, Massachusetts. Patrick left me that voicemail shortly after that now infamous Gap episode. He gave me permission to share his voicemail with you. I thought it was apropos and totally paralleled the thoughts that JD shared with me in the rest of my Skype call with him. You've been talking about this for six years. Where's the story yet? <laughs> like, I, you know, I, I haven't got a story yet. I don't care about whatever shot you're trying to get. I mean, because the stuff that you got, I, I'm not going to know what the great money shot was or the three money shots or the ten money shots that you thought were crucial to that sto- to your <laughs> project. I'm not going to know those. As an yeah. audience member, I'm not going to know. So all I need to know is what time it comes on, who you're, you know, interviewing, and let me roll with the story. And I know, I have faith in you as a filmmaker that you're going to get those things in there. You might not be able to get all the ones you want. And those things aren't going to happen. And, and believe me, I, you know I know the horror stories of filmmaking. And, right, man, right. I really would have loved to get this. And, that been, and I, I get it. They would have been. Those shots would have been awesome. But for me, I, I see this thing. This could be a really great show. And if you... You know, if you have like, I can see it seasonal. You know, we're okay. This season we're doing we're doing ten or whatever, yeah. and, and you've got ten to do. Man, you can't be worried about getting a shot. You know, you got to <laughs> worry about getting the people and you know moving on. I mean, and if you're still trying to do this podcast and all, and all this stuff, and you're really not getting paid for it. You know, you're trying to get there to where you can make it your livelihood. Man, you got to have content. You still have a, a high burden just in in really delving into the whole racial issue. I mean, race is very important to people, and it's a very uh, again, like I said, it's a, a blessing and a curse because it's so it, it, it's uh, so rich and in, 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 uh, in providing subject for you to discuss and poke and view and explore. But it can be rife <laughs> with with peril, too. Like you can get in a situation where you're not you're not really you have to be careful how you deal with the subject. You know, you want to make sure you give that, you know, give everything it's due and deal with it in a proper way. You know, it could go astray, you know, uh, and, and you don't want that to happen. So you want to make sure you give it uh, it's just due. And I think that that's a tall order to try to make just, you know, strictly narratives. But we are hearing people's voices. And I think if you're keep the voices, I'm not saying I'm just saying, you know, to see the the folks talking I think don't be shy about doing that because I, I think to me like not seeing your project. I mean, this is all conjecture, but the little trailer that I saw, if I the one thing I didn't see was a lot of Imani like current day talking or whatever. And I thought, you know, she's a beautiful girl. These people are gonna have uh, you're gonna have very interesting people to look at. I, I would imagine when you're doing this whole thing, and I, I would not shy away from having them, you know, on there. And, and Imani. If she's willing for it, put her in there, you know, so we get to see her, you know, and see what's in behind her eyes when she's recounting these stories. All right. You said a lot there, but I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's awesome. Actually, I was I wanted to I wanted to interject preach preacher at some point because 
uh, obviously the thing that you said that really hit me was the whole story sucks thing. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, your, it's your tagline. I feel like Wendelin the Good Witch at the Witch at the end of Wizard of Oz is like, Ron, you had the ability to go home all the time. You know, you know, <laughs> it's like it's right in front of you. What, what's taking you? Like, you know, why are we having this discussion? You know, That's classic. <laughs> um, Ron, you foolish boy. You had the power to go home the whole time. Uh, Gwendolyn sounded kind of Irish there. I thought. So, <laughs> sorry. So you you definitely uh, lit a fire in my butt. I think uh, a few quick things. One, you know, for the record, the reason that it's taken this long, the five years, has nothing to do with that shot. It has to do more with you know. First, it was Imani, and we'll I have more about this coming when I during my interview with her. Got you. Got um, you. Uh, a big part of it just has to do with. You know, setting aside time from everything else that I do because it's not a paid project, so being right. able to totally allocate time. Oh. So it's funny, like putting the making of this film on the podcast, I think, has created maybe self-induced barriers that wouldn't have been there otherwise. If I wasn't talking about this film on this podcast and specifically the shot, I probably would have thrown that particular shot out um, or stopped worrying about it trying to get it and i think by talking about all this on the podcast i've created a sense and i've even mentioned this on the on the podcast where like you know if i don't have that shot now everyone who listens to the podcast is going to know that i punked out and didn't do it or whatever right right. um but i think in talking to you i've come to realization like i'm not making this film for the podcast like and and honestly i don't give a fuck about the shot i don't i really don't i don't know i don't care i don't i don't even know what it is i don't so i mean most people aren't i mean it's not like i mean i know you i know when you make a podcast you're putting a lot of yourself out there in your in your podcast particularly and you've talked about stories when you're a kid it's it it can be personal for you at times but honestly just as your friend we don't know what shot you're like I, I've heard you talk about, it and I still don't really. It's not cataloged in my mind. Like, oh, I need to see this. I need to see. You know, I don't know. I don't care. And it's like you got to get it done. You know. And and for me, if I were in your, I just felt like I was in your shoes. And like, man, I've been there before. Like where I've had like, I don't know what I'm going to do for my. It, it's 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 procrastination in the sense that I don't know what I'm going to do for my my. Uh, I know what I want to talk about. I know what I want to do for my my um my term paper. But I just don't – I need to get this, whatever. And it's that one thing that's – or those several things that allow you to just kick the kick the bucket down the road a little bit more and, and kick the can down the road so that you're not completing the project. Like, and, like, this is the role that, like, a producer has, right? Like, which I don't have. You know, someone there to kick you in the butt and to just say – like you just say, just get – Get the project done. And it would be one thing, like, if this was a discussion of film versus digital, like something that had a profound impact on the entire film. But in, the, right. but in this case, we're talking about something that is literally a four-second shot in an eight-minute film. Right. Um, this obsession I've had to get it, and now the self-induced obsession to get it because I've talked about it now on the podcast, and I'm worried about people who have listened to the episode feeling like I gave up. As opposed to, like you said, you know, like tell like a really great story, regardless of however I portray that. Dude, Noah, I'm telling you, you hit you hit us with that story and and make it sing, the way you know how to present stories. What I've seen you do on your wedding uh, videography. When I used to, we're not going to. Well, I mean, when you did, you did great ones. I mean, I was blown away by some of the ones you did, and I was like, you know. you know, I have no. I, I'm not even worried. That's not even. In, that wasn't. That's not even in my, my uh, 
I'm not scared about that. I'm not worried about that at all. That's, right, right. you know, so it's like, you just get it done. Like what's, you know, like, I mean, for all the years you've been, t- if you would have recorded, uh, uh, one person for the years you've been talking about this since 11, you'd had five, you know, close to five things. Even if you didn't have them done, you'd have five people. And to me, the hardest challenge for this job for this project you're on is finding good. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of mixed people out there. Right. It's going to be tough to just get them and coordinate with them and, and right. get and get their interviews. I mean, that that to me is a challenge. And then you have the uh, then and then add to that, you got to go out and cast people that kind of look like them that are actors or whatever. You know, I mean that that and alone in and of itself is is a challenging thing. And to me, with what I saw in the trailers, like, wow, that's a that's that's a lot of material. I know you got a lot of material from that day that you can use. So like, if you spread that out with us seeing images of Imani or, or whatever footage you have of her or whatever the subject is, you're able to 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 intercut between those two things. That will make your job a lot easier to get the stories told. And really what's important at the end of the day is telling, getting at the heart of what it is this show is after. What, you know, what, you know, what you're trying to communicate to us as, a, you know, audience members. And me being mixed, I have a, you know, I have a, a vested interest in this. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, want, I want to see it come out good and I don't want some bullshit. You know, what qualifies you to talk about it? If you're going to talk about it, you better do it right. Don't fuck around and worry about some shots or some shit, you know, that I'm not <laughs> concerned about. Right, right. You know? You know, and Imani's special, and she's a great girl, but there's a whole bunch of special and great people, and I want you to get to all of them, and not just worry about if she's not in it or whatever. I mean, it's it's a gang of people that you need to get to to talk to about this project, and, you know, you don't want to languish, you know, know, sitting there, you know, because of whatever reasons, not getting it done. And and I know as a producer, the hardest thing, one of the the many challenges you're going to have but a serious one is going to be just finding the people and getting quality interviews. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, then you have to go and uh, make reenactments that I mean, that those are tall orders. You know, right. the cool thing about that is that the story's kind of <clears throat> the story is going to present itself to you. You won't be able to come up with the stories that these people are going to give you. That's what they're giving you is these incredible stories that you're going to be able to to craft a reenactment around. So, so that takes the the. That that they're covering one part of the creative aspect of this project for you, but you still have a lot of creative stuff you have to do. You have a lot of uh, just legwork and getting these, you know, honing these people down and, or hunting them down and and uh, hunting these folks down, getting them in an interview. Because I I just know how that is. I mean, I've done some things like that before, and it's you know that can be challenging sometimes, just coordinating schedules, whatever. And again, it's like you're doing this while you're trying to, you know, you, while you got to hold down a family, other work you have to do or whatever. So it's those type of things that could kind of get away from you. And I just wanted to encourage you and be like, uh, I, I was just at the end of the gap. I was kind of scratching my head like, well, what's going on here? This doesn't sound like Ron. Like, this, like <laughs> with the other, with the other things you've done, like the many things that you've done in the you know past 10 years, it's like, this, this seems like a, you know, it, I don't want to say it would be a cakewalk, but something that, you know, again, the stories are going to present themselves to you. They're going to unfold right before your eyes with the interviews that you have. And then to go in and do a reenactment. I know you're a creative guy and you, and you, and you get the, the work that I've seen you do already. I, I don't have any worries about you getting amazing shots and, and you're just going to get better anyways as you it, – it's more – it's more material for you to practice with and, and, and hone in your work and, 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 and get better. So I, I, I you know, I was just kind of, it left me kind of, uh, I was kind of confused a little bit. Like why, why is this taking so long? Or, 
or what's going on. Not, not why is it taking so long, but more like well, what's really going on. But throughout this podcast, I've heard it over and over again where it's yeah. like, you know, because again, a lot of these people are struggling filmmakers. They're not, you know, they're not the, the, the toast of Hollywood. They're not, you know, they don't have money. They can just throw out the problem. Right. So they have to come up with innovative ways to get things done. And, you know, that's something that, that comes up a lot. And, and we all know the horror story. You know, all of us who are filmmakers or whatever, we've all been there. It's like, dude, just get it done. Get yeah. it done, man. Yeah. All right, man, I'm excited now. I, um, my eyes have been opened. The purpose of this project isn't to serve the podcast. The purpose of this project is to tell a story. And if I don't have the resources or the time to get this one particular part to tell the story, stop wasting my time and tell the story with what I have and... Right, because you're gonna have because in my mind you you've got 50 more stories to tell. Yeah, it's not. Hopefully, it won't stop at the one. You know, right. it, but you're never gonna get to the 50 if you're worried about this one. And and I would I would leave uh, one last point is that all that in saying that everybody's advice was great. There's also a situation where you could get mired and and um basically brain fucked into thinking about all these all this great advice that everybody's been telling you. And, it, and that can make uh, that can stifle you as well because the advice is really good. You know, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? I got to, you know, and you start thinking about all these other things that, you know, it's all, you know, I see it a lot with the, especially like with screenwriting. We have writers groups and you're everybody's analyzing a script and you can get so much information about your script that you get. You get pulled in 50 different directions. You don't know what to do. And I didn't want that to happen to you either where you, because a lot of times you get really good advice and you want to try to incorporate everything that everybody's telling you. But sometimes in your project, you can't do that. You know, and, 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 but you have the, the benefit of knowing that, oh, I'm going to do 50 of these things or 100 or wh- however long you're going to do it. You get to choose when you stop. And so this great advice you're getting from people, you might not be able to get it in the first one or the second. But as you go along, you're going to be able to incorporate and keep these things in your mind. So as you go along, you'll be able to add them. But you don't want to ever let it just stop the conveyor belt of projects, you know, you, you know that, that, should be, that you should be churning out. This has been very good helpful, for me. Man. It's been extremely I, helpful. It's yeah, and I, I almost don't even want this being a podcast, man, because I always feel like I have a hard time talking to you now because <laughs> again, like that Woody Allen character. I don't know. I saw you lurking. I was in the corner lurking. I saw you, you know, and it's just like it, it just uh, it sounds like it was helpful. And hopefully it you was know, very helpful. Uh, yeah, I, I just want to say that, you know, what people are hearing now, if they hear this, it's not the real JD. You know, I'm usually more smooth and not as goofy, and I do a much better Gwendolyn impression. Hush little all and don't say a word. I'm gonna buy you mockingbird. That weekend after speaking with JD, nearly five years after first recording my interview with Imani, I began the full blown editing process. Up to that point, I had only made one short teaser trailer which I actually made perhaps a week or two after I even did the interview in the first place, a teaser that was five years old. And I'm happy to report that as of this taping, I completed a draft copy of the film. Over the past couple of months, I've been collecting feedback on the film, and I'm very close to releasing it. I can't even begin to tell you how significant this is for me. This has been a long time coming. I'll buy you a house with a big old tree Said, darling, say we live in the house with the big old tree. As we move closer to the season finale of this first season of Radio Film School, we're also nearing the finale of Mixed in America Journey series, Shooting Sunshine. In it, you'll hear what obstacles I faced in the post-production, the creative ways I dealt with them, and you'll hear my interview with Imani herself. 
now 21 years old and providing some 2020 hindsight about the interview she gave back when she was only 16. So stay subscribed to the show so as not to miss the inspiring results. Please listen carefully. Speaking of season finale, just because we're about to have one does not mean the show is going to be going off the air, or even slowing down. In fact, nothing can be further from the truth. We're actually kicking it up a notch. I want to share with you what our plans are for the summer and for season two. You may recall a few episodes back in the Think Like a Man episode, I had a follow-up phone call with JD's wife Yolanda, another show regular, about the topic of women in Hollywood. At the end of that episode, she suggested having a discussion of the topic with a group of their women friends from USC Film School who are all in various positions in the business, from television writers and showrunners to film producers and editors and actors. So, man, you know what would be just delicious? Okay, what? Is if we could get the women of the clique. Oh, the talk? It's no, be, that wouldn't be delicious. Is no. it like it's gonna be like that cackling and? No, it would be great. Like, is it gonna be like that scene in? Uh, well, you would in, have say in Jungle I, Fever I where this. all the sisters yeah. were around talking. About You'd have a lot of sisters that like black women that are working in the industry. Yeah, that, I like that idea. Race yeah. and and uh, sex. Uh, yo, let's talk about that later. Race and gender. Let's. Uh, I actually really like that idea. Well, we're making it happen. Next month, we're filming a roundtable discussion with them to create a sequel of sorts to our own Women in Film series. We're also going to film it and create a short film documentary series, where we're going to go beyond just the provocative topic of women and their roles in the industry. Given the extensive experience of these women, we're also going to cover topics like creating original content, writing and producing for film and television, breaking into the biz, and much, much more. Those episodes will fill out much of the summer mini-season. We also have a bunch of short ends episodes on various topics we haven't gotten to yet. And lastly, we'll have some more full uncut interviews to share as well. Next year for Season 2, the theme we're currently considering is Against All Odds. We're going to tell the stories of filmmakers and other artists who were able to triumph against tremendous odds to get their projects made. Or maybe they tried and failed. There are lessons to be learned in either case. If you have a story, or if you know somebody who has a story that would be worth featuring next season, I want to hear from you. Just shoot me an email to radiofilmschool at gmail.com and tell us your story. Put against all odds in the subject line. So there are a lot of great episodes on the horizon, so stay subscribed and share the podcast with your friends. Remember to stay tuned past the credits to hear this week's bonus segment. Radio Film School is a production of Dare Dreamer FM. This episode was written and produced by yours truly. Chris Huslidge is our co-producer. Radio Film School is a proud member of the Podcastica Network. Think of it as a any label of pop culture podcasts, with shows like The Walking Dead cast, The Sci-Fi Podcast, and Under the Comic Covers. And if you want to learn about podcasting, check out Podcast Junkies or The Podcast Producers. These shows and more can be found at podcastica.com. Music for this episode was curated from freemusicarchive.org. All the songs except the one we played right after the sponsor break. That is an original song by my daughter, Imani. She wrote it at age 16, specifically for Mixed in America. I want to thank again our sponsors who helped make this podcast possible. First, Muse Storytelling by Still Motion. Throughout the show, you've heard me talking about a new piece of software that will change the way you build stories. I have a feeling you're going to love this program, not just for developing stories, but for collaboration and improved efficiency. You can collaborate with people from across the globe. 
like-minded individuals who have never even met can come together to build something remarkable. I started playing with it and it's really cool. The tool launches May 24th, so head on over to buildstory.org to start your free trial. No credit card is needed. We're also sponsored in part by Webster, the video collaboration tool that you've been waiting for. Upload your video to Webster and you and a team of people can start collaborating. If you're a Premiere Pro user, upload your videos directly from your NLE. Or if you've been using Vimeo to share videos with clients, no worries. Vimeo integrates seamlessly with Webster, so you can go from Vimeo to Webster and back again. Use the offer code RADIOFILMSCHOOL, all one word in lowercase, and you'll get your first seat for just $13 per month. Go to Webster.io and start collaborating like a pro. Okay, people, here's the part of the show where I ask you to leave a comment in iTunes. Now, I know there are some of you out there who love the show and have something wonderful to say about it, but you just haven't gotten around to doing it. Well, today is the day. It would really help me out, and it would really help out the show if you would leave a comment, subscribe, tell a friend. It helps us get found, and it boosts us in the podcast rankings. Even if you don't write a review, at least give us a four-star or a five-star rating. You can follow me on Twitter at FM, and you can follow the show at Radio Film School. That's it for this week. Remember, as J.D. reminded me, if the story sucks, I don't care what you shot it with or cut it on. Did you ever see that documentary, The Stories We Tell? No. Um, uh, I think Sarah Polly is her name. uh, Came out a few years ago. And, you know, I had this concept before she had this film. But one of the uh, hallmarks of that film was it was a story of um, her discovering who her biological dad was. And uh, um, it was a combination of... Um, actual super eight millimeter footage, current interviews with you know her, her both her biological dad and her uh, stepdad, not her biological dad, her stepdad and or her adopted dad, I should say, and then uh, interviews with friends and family and stuff. But they mixed it with um, footage that they shot. Uh, they had reenacted scenes that they actually shot with. Super Eight, and they found actors to play the various family members in. Right, and that that's like that's like similar to what you're. It's you're totally going like, for. like like yeah, it's yeah. very similar to what I'm going for. So, um, I, although I just I want was, to stay on the record, I had this idea before that movie came out. Right, so, no, no yeah, worries, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So that's uh-huh. what I'm. So that's what I'm doing. So when you say right. that, it, it seems like well, well, let me, well, let yeah. me, well, let me get to this then because right. I, I really haven't get, gotten to my what what struck me, but in talking with you with this, another thing I, I would implore you to think about is also I know it's tough for you to get it might be very tough for you to to actually get in a physical space with people but if you could actually capture the people you're interviewing on film I think that would work wonders for your project because you'll get to see I think the audience the audience your audience will be able to uh, see the the full range and diaspora of mixed people because there's a wide gamut between the way mixed people look and me being mixed myself I, you know I got the good hair and light-skinned it, it, and what what have you. But I know there's brothers that are a lot darker than me. There's, I mean, there's just a, a wide-ranging, it's such a, a rich uh, kaleidoscope of, of skin color and tone and people and, and backstories that I think that would also enhance. If you could, I know it's a, that's a tough get because I, I know you'd probably, I mean, the people that you would try to go after would, you know, are, are 
you know, not all in Seattle <laughs> or where you're at. So, I mean, that would be tough to arrange. But if you can, I think that that would lend tremendously to your uh, to your project. It would put a face to, you know, face to the name, per se. And uh, I think that would go a long way. But that being said. Well, actually, let me address it because it's interesting you say that. So the like the decision to only record the audio has nothing to do with location because when I'm when I'm interviewing them via audio, I am with them. So, like, when I interviewed, obviously, with Imani, she was oh, there. Oh, I thought you were doing, like, well, I thought you were doing, like, Skype. No, like, no. So far, I only have two interviews in the can. So, I have, obviously, I have one with Imani. And then there's, um, when we were still in Atlanta, um, I, a photographer, I interviewed a photographer who's, she's actually, so her dad is white. And her mom is actually half, um, I want to say she's, she's definitely, her mom is half Mexican and half Puerto Rican. Gotcha. Um, um, and that was a very interesting uh, interview because a lot of the interracial issues that she's dealt with wasn't between her white dad and her Latina mom. It was between her Mexican grandfather and her Puerto Rican. Right. Uh, basically her Mexican oh, and totally, Puerto Rican yeah. side. Yeah. Be- uh, between the Puerto Rican and the Mexicans is huge. So I was like, uh, I get that. Yeah, yeah. So her mom growing up had... Um, Remember her her grandmother was like abused by her um, Puerto Rican father or something like that. So there was a lot of issues that she's or her Mexican. Anyway, one of the two of the Latina sides of her family abused the other one. But I interviewed her, you know, in person, and I got B roll of her. So when then, I so I, I, I am I, going I, to be actually you will be seeing the actual people that are being represented the only time i'll ever get someone to play them is if we're um if i'm doing something where i'm doing them as a kid or something but you know the idea is that for each episode the b-roll that i get or, or the scenes that i reenact or whatever i shoot is gonna be based on what the interview is so sometimes right. i just may be totally you gotta it's like a documentary initially you have to go in and find the story and then exactly. once you find the story you go in and, and craft the reenactment i totally get it i, I guess what literally what struck me was uh, one of my uh, a show i love is uh morgan freeman's uh through the wormhole oh, <laughs> that okay. comes on discovery and he has all these little he does a similar thing where they kind of you could tell that they they have they pick a subject that they're going to do and his is much more brief like he's when i was a boy i used to go down to the country store and i found a dollar <laughs> right, you right. know he'd have this thing you know where he was you know re- reenacting or you get little reenactments at the beginning of the episode but it will launch into something about you know particle <laughs> physics or something crazy or whatever but uh, but they always had them. I was like thinking it, that I don't know why. Just when I was listening to you talk about the gap, that uh, his show struck me in my in my mind. And I was like, Ron should be doing something like this, where he gets where I would really. I, I feel as a viewer, I really enjoy getting to actually see the people. Uh, and, and and if you had a clever way to not even clever, if you if you were able to shoot them, I know like you know you've done some cool stuff before that I've seen. You know you shoot. Um, or I don't know that it would take much, but you could actually get uh, – again, you put a face to the name. So when we're hearing these uh, – when, when we're seeing these reenactments or whatever, we, we have uh, – you can make that personal connection with it where we actually get to see the real live person, which I think would – But you will see the real live person. <clears throat> but are, but are you going to be intercutting back and forth between them? Because it sounds like you're only going to show them – 
No, I won't. And, this and, is so and so, and then and then the rest of it's just a huge reenactment that goes along with their dialogue. Yeah. So, so that yeah. So the idea, like the concept behind the series, is that each each um, episode almost feels like a narrative film as opposed to a documentary. So you. Um, you know, as you're watching it, you know, I, I made a conscious choice not to have uh, head interviews. Uh, for the for the main episode, now, now that doesn't preclude me from like right. doing a typical head and shoulder interview and maybe having as a special feature or as a bonus content an actual interview. Um, uh, you know, in the case with Imani, I kind of do that, but I just did it for the podcast where I had a um, post shoot interview with her for the podcast, kind of talking about the situation. I well, just I, see I, doing something like that on camera. Got you know, you. with a guest too. Got it. Got um, it. But, well, you know, going back to what I was saying, yeah, I, yeah. okay, I got it. I, I would still say consider. I'm not just saying do a head interview like a. Uh, you know, if there's some way you could jazz it up or make it different than what we right. typically kind of see on 60 Minutes, right? I'm not suggesting that. I mean, yeah. Morgan Freeman's thing is cool because he's walking around. And of course, he has the the special effects and can do things. You right. know, he's got the cool set. So, and I know that's like getting way out of you know where you're going but mm -hmm. the, the the initial thing that led me to all this was that i was thinking you know it, it sounded like you were a filmmaker that didn't know what you really wanted to talk about because like i almost thought after what i wanted to talk about in the film in terms of you didn't have i felt like you know and, and again i might be putting a lot onto it and these guys were giving and, and the filmmakers you spoke with were giving you a lot of good advice and i remember you were talking about there's this one shot and i just can't get this shot and i don't know how i'm gonna do it and i'm it's and it felt like that was holding you up. And I felt like, Ron, you could take your three best shots. And I'm not saying you do this, but take your three best shots and throw them out. I'm just saying if you can't get those shots, what is the story that you're really trying to tell is, is more what I would be interested in ultimately. And I felt like if that's what's holding you up for all these years, it seemed like – oh, I just like the impression like, oh, my man. It's like this guy – I mean you've got so many people – that I know you're going to want to interview and do this show with, that if that's what's holding you up, the shot, then that seems like a lot. And I know it wasn't just a single shot, but I'm like, brother, you could throw out 10 shots that are the, you think are the money shots. If that wasn't part of the show, I would have... Hold on one second. You go from one place... <laughs> now Subway's going behind you. <laughs> right. Well, it's like... So at the school that I'm at, like, all the moms here, like, I'm one of two dads who are here. Like, Tazer doesn't right. come. Like, um, right. But, like, all the moms use, like, these roller bags to... And jackhammers and... <laughs> no, they, they drag, like, roller ba bags. And, for and backing up and arms in the back of their SUVs. Beep, beep, yeah. beep. Um, if I wasn't tracking this film on the podcast, um, and particularly talking about this shot... Uh, son of a... <laughs> all right take three um are you there you yeah know? i mean i'm hold on that same mother just <laughs> <laughs> I right. hey everyone uh right before i go if you made it this far let me just say thank you thank you thank you so much for being one of the uh, dedicated and loyal listeners who listens to the very last second of the episode I always try to make each episode special by having these bonus segments and deleted scenes, so I hope you guys are enjoying them. I just wanted to comment on one of the topics that JD and I talked about in this bonus segment. Uh, the whole issue of the fact that I made a conscious choice not to like, show a mind in the interview and to only do an audio recording. Uh, 
plays a significant role in one of the upcoming episodes where we discuss some of the um, decisions uh, and creative decisions I made regarding the making of this project. And so uh, I just wanted to point that out that that topic will be coming up again uh, when we have the post-premiere or pre-premiere episode, uh, essentially the podcast episode where um, we talk about the final making of the film and listen to some of J.D. Yolanda's and other people's uh, comments on the uh, draft version that I created. So just wanted to throw it out there and say thanks again for listening and uh, see you next week.